course, the scientific uh, examination of hugs. And from Uggs to Uggs and Pugs, let's bring in Pete Devesque. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Declan. Who would have thought that UGS could uh, generate so many words? But there you go. It's a, it's a, a one there. So we've had Uggs for years. We've had uh, Hugs. And now Pugs <laughs> are in the news. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not such good news. Pugs have a high health risk and can no longer be considered a typical dog from a health perspective, a new study suggests. Yes, there's, a, there's an Irish vet, actually, Dan O'Neill, who's been, uh, he's a researcher at, at the Royal Veterinary College in London. He's been there for a long time now. And what he does is he has a, a system which extracts data from veterinary clinic practice management computer systems around the UK. So he's able to look at tens of thousands of dogs, uh, look at the things like their different breeds, um, how long they live for, how often they fall ill and what sort of illnesses they get. And by doing that, he's able to compare different breeds with each other in terms of things like how likely they are to get ill and how long they live for. And so he looked at over 4,000 pugs and he compared them with over 20,000 non-pugs. And these are just random dogs extracted from all this computerized data. So um, and what he found was that pugs are 1.9, 1.9 times more likely to get sick in a year compared to non-pugs. So there's nearly twice as likely to fall ill. That's the first thing. And the second thing he found was that um, there's a number of particular conditions that, that pugs are prone to because of their narrow, narrowed nostrils and flattened face. Um, and, and that includes um, issues like respiratory problems, skin fold disease, um, and uh, something called brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome, which is which is basically um, they, they, they get suffocated because their breathing patches all fall in on themselves and they have to have operations to get that corrected. But <clears throat> pugs are 54 times more likely to have this than non-pugs. So, you know, it's, it's just incredibly common in the breed. Um well, let's see. Let, go back to the beginning on, on mm. this one uh, as the, the evolution uh, from the wolf came along. Where did pugs come? Where, were they uh, a human crossbreed or did they develop naturally? No, they're, they're all, all dog breeds are human crossbreeds. I mean, dog breeds properly started quite recently, about 150 years ago. Um, I mean, obviously, over over generations, over, over hundreds of years before that, um, people had been choosing dogs to suit particular purposes. So if you wanted to, to, to hunt wolves, you'd get a really big dog and you'd breed it with another really big dog and you'd end up with something that looked like the Irish wolfhound. Um, or if you wanted a dog to go down, go down um, uh, rabbit burrows to get rabbits, you get a little dog called a terrier and you breed little dogs that went down rabbit burrows and get lots of little dogs. But So that's kind of how the broad picture of dog breeds arrived. But about 150 years ago, people started to... The kennel clubs started. They started to have shows. And they said, well, if you've got a... Uh, never mind a terrier, we're going to, you know, get something called a, um, a Parsons terrier. So we're going to make this a pedigree breed. And so, um, you know... It has to have this exact appearance, um, this shape, this size, this length of nose, this shape of ears, and that's a breed. And so we're going to give the one that looks most like that breed, we're going to give that the top prize. And that's what dog shows are all about. So all of these different breeds were, were, were created by humans, um, and the ones that met particular descriptions were the prize winners. And that meant that everybody else tried to make those breeds look in that particular way. And that's all very well when you're talking about 
good function when you're talking about good health so let's say a, a breed that has an appearance which is consistent with absolutely thriving health but it's not good when you have a breed that has an appearance that's consistent with illness and unfortunately that's what's happened with some 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 breeds some breeds have got quite extreme um you know pe people try almost like trying to better each other they get a more and more extreme version so if you look at for example if you take pugs like you know 50 years ago pugs had had sticky out noses but people reckoned that it was cuter if they had flatter noses and so they, they bred dogs that had flatter noses and then the ones that were winning the, winning the dog shows had the flattest noses of all and so what that meant that the breed average got a flatter and flatter and flatter nose and that all looks very very cute and i have to say pugs are the most adorable little dogs the little comedians um but the problem is though that the their charming looks go hand in hand with um with disease with with health issues and that's what this report really highlights they're over 50 times more likely to have breathing issues than non-pugs and that's a huge difference and it's really important that people realize that before they fall for the cute little puppy they should stop and think well am i ready for the fact this is going to be much more likely to, to fall ill am i ready for the fact that it's very likely i'll have to spend thousands of euros at the vet to try to get my pet back into normal health. Um, those are the, 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 the things that people should reflect on. And it's not just pugs. It's also bulldogs. It's also um, French bulldogs. Um, there's a number of different breeds that, that are known to have these health issues. Right, and in the report of this in the BBC, uh, it said that in recent years, pugs have increased in popularity with a five-fold increase in kennel club registration of pugs from 2005 to 2017. So they are popular, but should we be looking at it to maybe breed a better breathing apparatus in, in these dogs, but still maintain the brand? Well, that's, that's what's happening to some extent. What people are doing is they're, they're crossing pugs with other dogs. And so there's so, uh, it's a breed, uh, it's not a breed, it's a crossbred called a jug, which is a Jack Russell pug cross. So it kind of looks like a pug, but it's got a longer nose, and so it's got less breeding problems. So that's what people are doing informally. But what, if you like, people who work in, in the animal health area, what they would like kennel clubs to do is to say, look, we're actually going to change the way that we award prizes for this particular breed. We're going to ask people to produce pugs that have slightly longer noses. And so we're going to redesign the breed standard so that the top prize winners will have longer noses and better breathing. And that's what, that's what we would like, that's what campaigners would like kennel clubs to do. But they're quite resistant to doing that. Um, and this has got to such an extent that in, in, it's a global issue. And in Norway recently, they've actually banned the breeding of of bulldogs and of Cavalier King Charles, actually. They've banned the breeding because so many, they reckoned it was impossible to produce puppies of those breeds that weren't seriously ill. And so they said that the only option is to ban them because it's cruel to produce them in the first place. And so that's 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 been appealed in Norway. The, the court case is currently underway. But that's what may happen if the people who breed dogs don't take it seriously and start to breed dogs that are demonstrably healthier, then it's arguable that the breeders of the dogs are actually breaking the law because they're producing puppies that are destined to suffer. Like, it's entirely predictable that a pug is going to be over 50 times more likely to have serious breeding problems compared to a randomly bred dog. So, 
if you deliberately create a dog that's 50 times more likely to be ill, well, isn't that a, 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 isn't that a type of cruelty to do that? Yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to deliberately produce an animal that's going to suffer? Um, so that would be something that maybe in the future that, that's, that's, um, court cases may happen, even in this country, where people have been prosecuted. So you can imagine, if you bought this cutest little puppy, and then it gets six months of age, and your vet tells you, well, if, you know, if you, if, if you don't spend three or four thousand on getting throat surgery done on this dog, he's going to continually fall over because he can't breathe properly. You'd be right. really annoyed with the breeder, and you'd be saying, look, why did you sell me this puppy that's got this serious problem? Um, and, and so that's the kind of thing which may happen in the future, is that people, breeders may actually be held accountable for producing puppies um, that are so likely to in fall In the Ill. meantime, there are some lovable pugs. Here's one uh, from a listener here. I uh, want to mention here, my pug Sadie had a congenital liver shunt and other pure bred issues, which ended up being quite serious. She rebounded thanks to an experimental human albumin uh, transplant at UCD Veterinary Hospital and uh, since her passing, her case file remains one of their biggest and is used to teach veterinary students now. Wow, yes. Yeah. That's quite a legacy. Um, yeah. Yes, so so it's, 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 we've been talking about this for years and, for example, one of the things that campaigners like myself have been doing is getting big companies not to use flat-faced dogs in advertising. We all know they look cute and cuddly, but the problem is they're using advertising, then that encourages everybody to, to, to think that they're cute right. and adorable and they must have one. So, so you, you probably notice that you don't see so many of these in advertising these days because every time some, one of them is used in advertising, people like myself and many others will contact the advertisers and say, listen, stop doing that because you're just encouraging a breed which is, which is in trouble. Okay. Pete Weatherburn from Bray Vet on Old Connor in Bray and his website, PeteTheVet.com. Good to talk to you as always, Pete. Thank Thanks you, Declan. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you.